Well, today we celebrate the memorial of St. Therese of Lisieux, and there's a famous passage out of her uh, autobiography. It's called The Life of a Soul, I believe. It's something like that. Journey, Story of a Soul, it's called, I believe. And uh, she's she recounts a, a moment when she's in her in the convent and she's praying and she turns the Bible to Corinthians chapter uh, 13 that talks about, uh, St. Paul says, and I will show you a better way. And he says, if I have uh, faith is to move mountains and so forth and so on, but I do not have love, I am nothing. Love is patient. Love is the great, the great praise chapter of love. And so she's struggling with where is her place in the body of Christ? Where is she? Is she a a foot, is she a hand, is she an eye, is she an ear, whatever. And she says, well, what I'm going to be is I'm going to be the heart. I'm going to actually be the seat of love in the body of Christ. And so Therese is known for being uh, a saint that focuses on on the virtue of charity. She's going to be the heart of the body of Christ, which is the center and its seat of, of love, of charity. There's also a unifying function that the heart has you know we talk about the heart of something we, we mean it's center and uh, everything in in the uh, that's that surrounds a center kind of leads to that and that that center sort of uh, takes everything and gathers it to itself and unifies it unity is the theme that we're looking at here in our readings today uh, in our gospel We've got this sad story of division between the Samaritans and the Jews. Okay, And Jesus is going to go and he's going to be traveling to a certain destination, but he wants to go through Samaria to get there. And because the Samaritans know that he's Jewish, they don't want him to come. Okay, So there, you see the Samaritans and the Jews and they're at odds with each other. Uh, but his disciples maybe don't quite get it either, right? Because they say, well, do you want us to destroy him? And and the Lord is like, oh my gosh, okay. So let's just uh, shut up, guys. Let's just keep moving on. So there's a, a lesson of love, of charity, and of unity that we have yet to learn, okay, as we see in the gospel. In our first reading from Zechariah, it's a prophecy about the role of the body of Christ, about the role of the church, and the fact that the church is the sign of unity among all the nations. Second Vatican Council characterizes the church as a sign and a sacrament of human unity. It's very, very important. Um, and so we see this thing now. We, it's important to understand how to, how to interpret the Old Testament. The Old Testament is prophetic of the new. And so there's a lot of things that the prophets talk about that seem kind of earthly <clears throat> in origin, but they're not. They use earthly things to point to a heavenly reality. So in the Old Testament, Jerusalem, otherwise known as Zion, it's got about 3,000 different kind of names or nicknames to it. Okay, Jerusalem, Zion, uh, the city of God, so forth and so on, is a type, it's a symbol of the church. Okay, and so really what Zechariah is talking about, he's talking about the church and how the church is going to draw all these different inhabitants together and they're going to say, uh, come, let us go to implore the favor of the Lord. Let us go to Zion. And so you have all the nations of the world that are cooperating with each other. You know, let us go together, okay, and to, to find that unity with one another in the church of God. Many people, strong nations, shall come and seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem. 
Again, Jerusalem being a, a symbol of the church. And it says, in those days, ten men of every nationality, speaking different languages, and of course the church is composed of all different nationalities. How many languages are spoken by Catholics all over the world? Just uh, probably hundreds, if not thousands. Um, and they say, well, they'll take, the, they'll take hold of every Jew by the edge of his garment and say, let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. And so the, the Jew here in Zechariah stands in for the member of the people of God. Okay? And so it's really kind of, it's really sort of prophetic of a Christian, even though it specifically says a Jew, he's going to take hold of the garment of the Jew. Uh, and it's interesting, we know that because it says, we have heard that God is with you, Mr. Jewish person. And then in the responsorial psalm, what do we say? God is with us. Okay, and so we're really actually, this Jewish person is prophetic of the church, uh, because Judaism and Christianity are different, but really because one is the fulfillment of the other, there's an unbroken continuity that, you know, across history one developed and turned into the other one. And the ethnic Jews, unfortunately, St. Paul uses this, um, very powerful metaphor of the olive tree that the Gentiles were grafted into the olive tree. And some of the branches, some of the Jewish people who were Jewish according to ethnicity, were broke off because they didn't recognize Jesus. Nonetheless, St. Paul teaches us in that same passage in Romans, though, that God has not forgotten the Jewish people, Jewish even just by ethnicity. They have a very special role in his plan of salvation. Okay, very, very special role. And he's preserved them as one, uh, one uh, distinct, uh, specific people group, for 2,000 years, just like he's kept the church together for 2,000 years, he's kept the Jewish people together, maybe not quite as unified, but he's kept them together for 2,000 years. It's a very remarkable thing. And uh, the St. Paul teaches us that before the end, before the coming of Jesus Christ, uh, the Jewish people will be regrafted into that olive tree, okay, as their proper olive tree. They will recognize Jesus as their, as their Messiah. Uh, but until that time, our job as the church is to be that sign and that sacrament of unity uh, amongst the nations in the world. So, what's the application here? Real just common sense application. If we're supposed to be the sacrament of unity, what, what do we do when we badmouth each other? What are we doing when we say, I'm not going to sit in that pew with that person, whatever it might be, okay? What are we doing, right? We've got this really big vocation. And we can do it because the power of Jesus' love and his sacred heart is in our midst. We can do it. We can be that sacrament of unified humanity. So my brothers and sisters, as, it, as the gospel always is, it's a, it's a reminder for us to, uh, to love one another and to be in union with one another and not let petty things and hard feelings and these sorts of things divide us from one another. Okay, But through the prayers of St. Therese, who is the heart of the church, and through the sacred heart of Jesus, and through the power of God's love in our midst, uh, we can live up to that, that great vocation that we have to be a sign and a sacrament of the unity of the human race.